and welcome to episode 33 of the Badland Girls. This is Destiny. This is Rhea. How are you, Rhea? I am doing pretty good. I um, am awake. I think I said that earlier, just to you, (laughs) but just so our (laughs) listeners now know, I'm awake. I finished this big project that I was working on for my for my day job. I am getting into those little snap together models. I built two yesterday of Pokemon. And I don't know. I'm feeling I'm feeling pumped up for April. I really am. That's cool. I, I'm feeling I'm feeling a similar energy. Oh yeah? What's yeah, uh, like what's motivating you this month of April? Just like this weather uh slowly slowly getting warm but when we do have our warm days it's just like yeah i don't know i get more energy um and just i started a new job and i'm you know i just started school and it's just everything feels everything's coming up millhouse as yeah. i said before <laughs> how is school going by the way School's going good. I got my first, like, really, really big paper due this upcoming week, and I'm just, like, trying to pre-plan it. I, like, I'm doing the opposite, I decided, of what I did in my undergrad, which, even though I have way less time now, but I'm going to procrastinate less, so I'm doing all of my assignments as early as possible. Ooh. That is my personal first semester challenge. If I burn out, I won't make, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll adjust it as it suits my mental health. Uh but that's kind of the plan. That's cool. Adjusting as suits your mental health is a good process I've learned in this past year. Yeah, it's something I struggle with, so mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm i working on it. <laughs> well, we have an exciting episode where Destiny is going to update us on her Sims as the world Sims. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot. I thought of that earlier, and I'm like, I'm going to say that on the podcast. Are you kidding? I love it. It evokes like an organ, like an opening of a 1950s <laughs> soap opera. Oh, my God. It makes me so happy. So, But do you want to do our regulars first before we jump into The Sims? Sure. Okay. So what was the last movie you watched? The last movie I watched was a 1954 Nicholas Ray movie. He directed Rebel Without a Cause. But the movie I watched was a Joan Crawford film called Johnny Guitar. Johnny Guitar. Oh, my goodness. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. How is it? It's pretty good. It feels a smidge too long. That's Mm. my biggest criticism. But, like, everybody's acting amazingly. Uh, I'm not the biggest. Like, okay. I have mixed feelings about Joan Crawford because I believe every word of Mommy Dearest. And she's got like a complicated legacy, as you know. I do know. And yeah, I also very much believe Mommy Dearest. And uh, I think there were some like famous neighbors that, that even like kind of confirmed, like not what the severity of it, but they knew something was wrong. <laughs> Yeah, and then for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, we're just talking about the fact that Joan Crawford was an abuser. Mm-hmm. But, like, I also have this thing where I'm, like, when she's on the screen, I am in awe. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 gross. It's a weird, gross feeling. Yeah. it's I think it's good to just acknowledge that they were flawed human beings. And um, mm-hmm. 
I hope that her children, I'm not sure if they're still alive, but I hope that they're doing well out there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, as far as the movie itself goes, uh, yeah, I really liked it. I loved all the colors and the way it, the pacing was, uh, of the plot was really unusual for the time. And it's a little more violent than I was used to from a 50s era movie. Uh, but yeah, I super liked it. Awesome. That's cool. Well, what was the last movie? I watched. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it was Scream, I guess, 5. Oh. And I'm going to get into it now. I'm just going to get into it. Because... All right, we're getting into it. I... Guess what? Yeah. Guess what, listener? Dear listener? <laughs> I, I enjoyed the film. And how did Rhea feel, feel about the film? I did not enjoy it at all. Like... If we're getting down to brass tacks, I just didn't think it was fun. You know, that's at the end of the day, I didn't think it was fun. And it opened up a lot of uh, complicated feelings about how I feel about a term that was coined to this movie that I actually appreciate, requels, where, you know, the Halloween... Oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, like, uh, with Halloween, with Jamie Lee Curtis... Um, you can even include Jurassic World in this with uh, um, Jeffrey Goldblum and uh, Sam O'Neill and um, Laura Dern up in this new one. And I, I just feel like I don't think I have seen a successful requel yet. That is, I mean, like, I'm not saying all those movies are bad. I'm just saying I don't think anybody has, like, perfected the formula of, like, integrating uh, the older franchise with the newer one yet. I mean, I liked Halloween, the first one, and I liked the second one, but I also just feel like both of those movies had clunky moments where they were trying to blend, to put it quite simply, the old with the new. And this movie was just, like, the worst of the worst of it to me oh. as far as blending it. Oh, I don't... I actually did not care for the term requel. I think it's kind of icky, but... Only because it doesn't have a good mouth feel for me. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just kind of silly. I don't know. Like, the things I, off the bat, did not like. Uh, we're getting into spoiler territory. So if you don't care about this, you're just going to have to skip ahead. Mm-hmm. We'll put a timestamp. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so the number one thing is, this is a huge spoiler. They killed Dewey. Yeah, what the fuck was that? I had stink face the whole movie because I was just like, come on, I love Dewey. Dewey's my favorite. And then I actually, okay, so, and and my friend and your friend, our friend, friend of the show, Tracy Mock, said that Dewey, it, it felt earned because of the rules of the requel that they had put into place, but I still loved that character and I didn't want him to die. I would have rather had Gail die or I don't know not Sydney probably I don't know I just I really I wanted all three of them to make it yeah I I, uh and the other thing I thought that was just stupid as fuck was the ghost of Billy Loomis talking oh my god that was abysmal why was that there just it was just an excuse to have that guy that heavily photoshopped actor uh they had to de-age him with a computer (laughs) 
just an excuse to have him in the movie, I guess. Mm. See, I can't think of the actor's name all of a sudden. Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> yes, Skeet Ulrich. God. I just, like, I don't know. There were certain things about it that I just didn't like. And I, I rules of the requel aside, like, Dewey, part of Dewey's fun is that he somehow survives all of this shit. Because he got pretty brutally attacked in the first movie. You thought he was dead until they were yeah. wheeling him out on the on the stretcher. Same thing with the That's second true. movie. And there was actually a gag. I can't remember what movie it was, if it was the second one or the third one, where he is at the top of the stairs and Ghostface is at the bottom. And Ghostface throws a knife at him. And you think he's going to die, but then the back end of the knife hits his head instead of the sharp end. It is one of the silliest, funniest things I've ever fucking seen. He reminds me so much of Andy from Twin Peaks. Like, <laughs> he even has that goofy music. Yeah. And like, yeah. So yeah, that, ugh, hated that. But I don't know. I had fun. I guess that was the thing. I had fun. I liked all the young kids. Uh, they were ridiculous in the, just the appropriate degree. I thought that um, just the people they decided to bring back from the lesser Scream films was very fun. Uh, e- even though, like, I think Judy is ridiculous. Uh, having Seeing her again was fun. Seeing Heather Maserati. I can't remember her last name. I'm sorry. Uh the girl from Welcome to the Dollhouse. Having Don Wiener there was very exciting. Uh, yeah, just it, I had fun, but yeah, I couldn't completely respect where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't have fun at all, and it was just like kind of coming off like watching um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, movie that came out this year which I thought was fun but also had some annoying things in it like they tried to shoehorn in a the kind of requel rules where they had the original final girl as like a sheriff in the town coming to get her revenge on Leatherface which first of all it it kind of hit a sour note with me because the actual actress who played the final girl in Texas Chainsaw Massacre died already so they recast mm-hmm. it as another old woman and then her, it, it went nowhere. Also, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is known for its massive, delightful hick energy. And there was none of that in the new movie. So that was a big mark against it. And, uh, but no, no charming, deadly hillbillies. Yes. You need more hick energy. All movies need more hick energy. So it I just. I don't think all movies do, but <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd appreciate it and say, like, Look, a, let me rephrase. French New Wave film. <laughs> Let me rephrase. All Texas Chainsaw Massacres, considering the focal point, need to have hick energy. And the fact that this one did had very little was annoying to me. Because that's like the bread and butter of this fucking franchise. So yeah, it bothered I me. I also just... just... Going... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say, uh, going back to Scream, like... I don't know. This is a franchise that, like, I didn't start out loving. I I used to have this thing about it. Like, I really had fun. I really like it. But it wasn't scary. And I would hold that against it for years. And as I've rewatched them over the years, I've just come to appreciate them as really campy. And so I kind of like the, the imperfections make them more charming mm. uh, for me. 
and that's kind of where I'm coming from, I think. I saw the first Scream movie when I was still in grade school, maybe 10 or 11. And like it terrified me because I was pretty young, right? And I don't know if this is just the byproduct of being young, but like, you know, one of the things that blew my mind in the original film was the reveal of the killers. Like you see Billy get stabbed by Ghostface. So him coming back and being one of the killers and the fact that there were two killers. As a child, I hadn't seen many slasher movies outside of um, Halloween, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Jason. And those slashers are pretty clear who they are. So to have like a, a twist like that was like, it blew my young mind. And then it might just be, I like, I don't know if like, if I was older, if I would necessarily be so kind of blown away by that but i could easily figure out who the killers were in this new movie and that irritated me a lot oh i could not figure it out oh really i I, yeah no i had my who was i betting and oh you know i kind of maybe knew the boyfriend was gonna be but like i didn't know i didn't actually know i couldn't tell Mm. I figured it out right away and I was unsurprised. Also, the other thing that bothered me, and then the, oh, then I promise I'm done talking about Scream, was, you know, at the beginning of the movie, her sister, you know, the ghost face calls and says, do you like scary movies? And she lists all of these kind of art house scary movies and then says she doesn't watch slasher movies because they're cheap and they're terrible. And I'm just like, what horror fan only watches art house horror movies? I don't know one I could fucking tell you of right now. I was about to say, I, I feel like that's like most dudes on the internet. <laughs> oh man. I just was like every, I mean like it wasn't that long ago where like people were bitching about those movies, like hereditary and witch saying those aren't fucking horror movies. And I was just like, oh. oh my God. So that kind of rung a little false for me because I just was I like. I thought it was, I thought some of the selections were hilariously like, like, uh, not random, the opposite of random, actually kind of basic. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, no, I don't know. I feel like there is a certain stripe of horror fan that only watches the uh, art stuff and, yeah. and totally can't appreciate a, a slasher. Oh, man. I don't know. I'm like the total opposite. I just, I feel like most people who watch horror movies, they watch most of them. (laughs) I've never met a horror snob. I guess I've, I've, I've like had phases where I've been kind of a horror snob. Not necessarily against slashers, because I grew up on slashers. Mm -hmm. But like certain franchises I would kind of look my nose on. Especially like I went through a phase where like I definitely thought that there were barely any new good ones being made Mm. okay but i mean i'm glad i learned the opposite but i feel like that's a lot of people i don't get it um (laughs) but yeah i just like like i said down to down to the core it just wasn't fun for me like i was watching it and i'm like i'm not having fun so it kind of failed for me on that level and the rest is just nitpicky bullshit that i just wanted to talk about but like i just i I don't blame people for liking this movie and having fun with it, but it just wasn't fun for me. I didn't find it very fun. That's okay. Uh, uh, I guess I don't really have anything else to say about it. I, I, um, yeah, I appreciated that the black and queer characters 
made it. Yeah. Just throw that out there. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you did. <laughs> uh, but let's move on to... Oh, Badland girl. girl. That's, That's my, my jam. jam. Destiny, what's your jam? Not to be 36 years old, but... <laughs> Uh, I've been listening to a lot of fucking Foo Fighters. Oh my gosh, rest in peace. Ah, uh, what a t- yeah. what a terribly surprising thing that happened. <laughs> I was really shocked. I'm a, yeah, I'm I'm kind of hurting because Taylor Hawkins is gone and uh, just um. So my <laughs> jam is off of their first album. This is a call, which didn't have all the band members on it, but. I consider, like, those first two Foo Fighters albums just, mwah, chef's kiss. Mm. <laughs> um, I don't even know what, I have, like, no words. I'm just like, it's just sad. It sucks. Yeah, it does. Do you think they'll continue on as a band? I don't know. Mm, okay. I think maybe. Maybe? All right. But yeah. I, I I know that's not a real answer, but I just feel like maybe they would want to after some time has passed. Yeah. Uh, or rebuild as another band, just like, you know, Joy Division. And- yeah. That's actually a good point. That would actually be, I think, really respectful to the drummer and his legacy is if they just did a, a Joy Division into New Order kind of thing. Yeah, or a Nirvana into Foo Fighters kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, boy. You know, of course, yeah. of every teen, of at least of my age, you know, every, every uh, car ride you took, you were at least 80% of the time listening to Everlong. <laughs> One of the greatest love songs ever written. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. It's a good song. It came on the radio the other day, and I was like, we've been listening to a lot of um, satellite radio, and there's this great station called Lithium that just plays, you've guessed it, grunge songs. <laughs> and they played Everlong, and I was like, ah, oh, greatest love song ever written. Oh, nice. One of them. One there's, of them. You know, for me, it's going to be a Radiohead song, but... We'll do a future is in the top five. We'll do a future episode of our favorite love songs because this is actually an interesting topic I'd like to discuss in the future. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, my jam is from Sigrid, and it's called "It Gets Dark." Sigrid is a really cool, a um, I think European. She might be Swedish. A pop star that is kind of on the same kind of fame level, maybe a little up below like Carly Rae Jepsen, so kind of like indie pop famous, so like Hailey Kiyoko and stuff. I would love her to get a little higher up because I think her music is like so cool and just bops all around. Her first album, Believe, came out in 2019 and it was so good, but I feel like it flew under everyone's radar, which is just so sad to me. But it's it looks like she's gearing up for another release and she had a little EP um, and It Gets Dark was on there, the title track, and I really like that. And her other two singles were on it too that she released last year, Burning Bridges and Mirror, and both of those are excellent as well. I love a good, uh, I love finding a good pop uh, star and just kind of like getting into their music. They're all so good these days. 
That's fun. Yeah. I've never heard of her. I'm a lot of the loop and shit. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, I love these kind of like pop stars. There was an article about it a while ago. I can't remember where I read it, but they were talking about these pop stars who are like, uh, basically kind of like under the radar kind of pop stars where they have, um, they're not as big as like a, a Britney Spears, right? Um, God, am I a thousand years old Britney Spears? I can't think of a contemporary <laughs> fucking pop star. Jesus Christ. Um, Honestly, my go-to for this dilemma is um, Jessica Rodrigo. Oh, is that the sour girl? Yeah, I think so. Okay. (laughs) I I have no idea. Oh, God. Anti-corner. We don't know. I'm out of... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know shit. I don't know shit. Please don't ask me about current musicians. The Grammys are tomorrow as as, uh, the day we record this. The Grammys are tomorrow. And I'm like, I don't even know who's nominated for shit other than I know the Foo Fighters were. I know BTS is nominated. That's it. BTS is the only current band I know. (laughs) Oh. I. Oh. There's only a few. I can like think of a couple off the top of my head for me. And it's just like, it's still embarrassing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway so like anyway uh like a carly ray jepson where these kind of artists like they have a really dedicated fan base and they do they make a lot of their money by touring and they kind of refer to them as like indie kind of pop because they're not quite on the level of like the superstars like an ariana grande there that's more contemporary but they have like a pretty dedicated fan base like I said, and so like Carly Rae Jepsen, of course, is the the leader of this. She's kind of like the original of these kind of pop stars, especially when Emotion came out. But Haley Kiyoko is also in this tier. And I think Sigrid, uh, she just needs, I wish Sigrid was on this tier. And I think she will be eventually because she has the same kind of energy and originality in kind of pop music that uh, I think is like, will get her on that tier. And speaking of pop music, I feel a little bit bad about this, but man, I am completely bored by Taylor Swift right now. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> Finally, she gets some common sense. I I was I really liked Reputation where I felt like it was like her most pop album and it also like it was her most vulnerable album where she she was the most kind of like I loved the lyrics of it and just her kind of like her storytelling in that album really impressed me and it was a really amazing live show I really liked it I saw her live with that tour and then right after that album she did Lover which was a mixed bag for me it was it's kind of like uh 1989 and Red where there's some great songs but then some other songs that I'm just like meh and it didn't feel cohesive and then, right, then she did that Pandemic album, which was all folksy that everybody fucking loved. And I was like, this is boring. I'm like, she can actually do some pretty edgy pop. And like, this is fucking boring to me. So I, I didn't get into that one at all. And then she re-released Red, which is actually one of my favorite albums by her. But it was just filled to the brim with more melancholy girl pop. And I'm just like, man, I am bored of this right now. Give me some fucking yes. rock and roll, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just gotta listen to other stuff to, like, supplement it. Maybe she'll come around to where you like her again. Yeah. I'd like to see her redo um, 1989, because that was when she really started leaning into that kind of 80s synthy pop that kind of reminds me of 
Bruce Springsteen's era when he was all dancing in the dark. And I really like that. And I'd like to see her expand more on that. But yeah, this folky era is just not connecting with me at all. It's just... And it's not like I don't like folk or anything like that, I'm sure, as you listeners know. But it's just like... It just is really boring to me. Especially seeing how she can really, like, expand her her musical style with, like, pop and, and synthesizers and stuff. And it just feels very... It feels very bland to go back to this. I I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I um I've never really gotten into her, so I don't have a whole lot to say, <laughs> as you know. I know, that's fine. But yeah, I was this I follow this comic book artist that I really like, Cena Grace, and he is a huge Swifty fan. And he does a lot of art of her and stuff. And I was looking at it and it really kind of clicked with me. I'm just like, man, I've been bored of Taylor Swift for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. But yeah, that's that's what's going on with my music taste lately. Oh, I've also been listening to Michael Giacchino's Batman soundtrack. Have you seen the new Batman movie? I have not. Oh, it is three hours of fun. And I'm not being sarcastic. I really liked it. <laughs> I love Batman, and I'm kind of weirded out I haven't seen this yet. I just haven't gotten around to it. It's it's not, but it's low on the list of priorities. Mm. I'm just a busy woman. I would really like to know what you think of it, because I know you were a big fan of The Dark Knight. And I feel like this movie uh, has a similar tone, except it's not so nihilistic as The Dark Knight ended up being with regards to Bruce Wayne's story and what Batman means to him and to Gotham. Okay. Uh, It's going to be on HBO Max, I believe, on April 19th, so you don't have to shell out money (laughs) if you have HBO Max. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, I totally do. I shell out money for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Destiny sent a really great list of horror movies that are going to be on streaming, and ridiculously, the one that made me the most excited was Puppet Master, because I've been meaning to watch that again, and it wasn't anywhere, and I'm so happy that Puppet Master is going to be on streaming soon, because I'm like, yes, give me those evil puppets. Yeah, I have a very distinct memory of watching one of those with, like, a group of adults, and anytime there was a sex scene, I had to turn my head and look at the kitchen. <laughs> How old were you? I was really little. Like I don't even think I don't even think my little sister was even born. Like, <laughs> Sorry, Brittany. We lived in a, yeah, we lived in an apartment um, while she was like you know like right before she was born mm. and a little bit after, and we lived in those apartments. I specifically remember that kitchen because we were watching Puppet Master. And then thinking a lot of it was scary. Yeah. Like, I just have no memory of it. It's very, very old one of those films. My w- and I, I'm really excited to watch them as well. Yeah, I'd love to talk about them with you. The one thing I remember the most, for, and this is also from my childhood, is that leech doll. She was so creepy to me. Ugh. Yeah, that icked me out <laughs> hardcore. Creepy. For those who don't know, there is a there is a doll, there is a puppet, I guess, in this movie where it's the I think it is the only uh, female puppet, and her uh, like ability is that she pukes out leeches of her mouth that suck your blood, 
And eventually, in some risque scene where a guy is tied up for sex, and I don't know where his wife is or his girlfriend, but the doll crawls up and he's confused as to what weird S&M thing is going out as she starts vomiting up leeches onto his skin. What a movie! (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Gonna watch that whole franchise one of these days. (laughs) For real! Oh, man. I just, oh, goodness, I can't. That's so bad, but I really want to... There's a lot of different horror movies I'd like to watch this month. I I finished watching all the Universal horror movies, and I was quite surprised to find that I did not like Dracula that much with Bela Lugosi. It's all right. Like, I like the atmosphere of it more than I like the actual film. Yeah, I wish there was more with his wives, because I loved their whole aesthetic and just how they kind of slunk in as like a trio but yeah that movie didn't really do it for me i kind of grew up on christopher lee's dracula which i it's hard to kind of compare to that one because that one is so good but yeah i i mostly found bella lugosi's dracula kind of boring but the other movie that in the in the universal monster movies that i hadn't seen ever that really shocked me that how much I liked it was the invisible Matt man with Claude rains. I was not, that's a cool movie. Yeah. I wasn't expecting much from it, but I was just blown away. It was, it was bananas. I really liked it a lot. Yeah. That's a cool one. That's my favorite of the universals. Probably Bride of Frankenstein. Bride of Frankenstein is really good. I, I seen that before and it still holds up today. Mine is Creature from the Black Lagoon. That movie rules <laughs> so hard. <laughs> I, I like that movie too. Yeah, I really like it. I also am a very, very big fan of um, The Wolfman, which I also hadn't seen before, and I really like that one a lot. I watched that for the first time last October. Oh, what did you think? I enjoyed it. Yay! I'm glad to hear it. Oh, and just on a side note, I am two episodes away from finishing Bly Manor. I love it so much. It is so is good. It, good. it is so good. Oh, didn't you cry a lot? Dude, I there are so many things in there that just like uh spoilers for Bly Manor. So like I my heart was like like felt like a stone when those ghosts were manipulating those children. And I was like, this can't be happening. This is awful. They don't know what's happening. Oh. And what happened oh. to her her childhood friend turned fiance broke my heart. And there's just a lot in there that is just absolutely heartbreaking. But I really, really like it. That episode where uh, Hannah discovers that she's a ghost blew my fucking mind. That episode. That is probably my favorite episode. It is so well done. Such it's a, like a punch to the gut. It is. Oh. It so is. Oh, the... But it's also, like, really, really terribly beautiful. Yes, I agree. You can really see in this um, in this uh, series the kind of, like, seeds that end up blooming with some of the ideas that he executed in Midnight Mass. And I really like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Oh, I love the way his characters talk to each other. That's, like, the thing that I... <laughs> always say yes talk about (laughs) well jamie the um mike flanagan the uh the gardener when she was talking Mm -hmm. about those moonflowers and life and death 
I swear to God, he makes me feel so zen about dying. Uh, it's one yeah. of the best feelings watching him. I love when. Go ahead. This is this is so cheesy, but I love when TV can get spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's kind of rare nowadays. Well, that's how I felt when I watched Six Feet Under the first time. Mm. It's kind of how I felt Maybe when I, I watched like The Good Place. Shit. No, I like Death Shit too. Aww. Good Place had a lot of the, those kind of conversations too about what it means to be a good person, you know, what it means to live a good life. And I, I was watch that. Yeah, it's an excellent show. It's one of the best comedies I've ever seen. I really love it. But enough about rambling about TV and movies and so on and so forth, because more importantly, we need to find out what's happening with Destiny Sims. Now, a couple weeks ago, she updated me <laughs> with a hilarious photo. But uh, Destiny, can you recap us real quick before telling us what's going on currently? Because I am just, I'm dying to know. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. So I was playing the second generation of these Sims that I had made and I moved them to Newcrest and they live in the suburbs and their names are Knox and Annika. They had two daughters named, um, oh my God, Chloe and Amira. And they had a telescope and the telescope causes this mechanism to happen where sometimes your sim gets abducted and he got abducted after his daughters were adults and was uh as a result impregnated and gave birth to an alien baby this happened not only once but then it happened twice and so the thing i updated rio with was that it happened a third fucking time That's all I know. I just know that he got pregnant a third time. So what happened after that? Oh, my God. I thought, like, they kept telling me, like, they tell you a few, like, days before your sim dies. Like, hey, his time's coming. You might want to get his affairs in order. His time's coming. And I'm like, he's got the long-lived trait. So, like, I'm like, I don't know when he's going to die. Usually when they do that hint, it's usually, like, a few days later. But he just... And then I thought, if you know, he could die during this third pregnancy and we could lose the baby because if the sim dies, the baby goes with it, which is really sad. Um, so I was just like, I, and I don't have any room for this kid. Like, I've got so many sims in this house at this point. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> Chloe ended up getting married to a woman named Miko who had a daughter named Fiona and Annika died in Fiona's room. It was so sad. But Fiona was an adult and everything. She was already dating. And I'm like, oh my god, he's so old. He's gonna go. Like, this pregnancy isn't... So I had all this anxiety about him not making it as I played. And eventually, the third alien baby, Callan, was born. <laughs> and... Mm, Sometime through his toddlerhood, Knox Honeycutt, beloved husband of Annika Honeycutt, or Annika Banerjee, uh, died of laughter, uh, predeceased by his wife, his daughter, Chloe, his other daughter, Amira, Chloe's wife, Miko, <laughs> oh my God. and survived by his three alien children, Saban, Elijah, 
and Callan. Let's cue up a Sia's Breathe Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on Elijah's first date, um, three Sims died in the middle of it. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> he was going on a date with this girl named Liberty that he ended up marrying. They're about to have their first child. And I moved them out of the house. They live next door. Um, but anyway, so during a death sequence, your sim isn't allowed to end any event and, like, leave the area. So, they went, they had, <laughs> they went into the city to, like, have a date at this lounge. And the lounge is often frequented by elder sims. It's very funny, because I don't know if that was programmed in on purpose or what, but, like, the bartender's an elder. And I had turned on aging for everyone but my household. Where before I had turned it off, obviously, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I could, they wouldn't be dying of old age if I hadn't turned it back on. Anyway, so he's like talking to the girl. They had their first kiss, and then a sim just falls over and dies <laughs> in the bar <laughs> at the bar, and like in front of the elevator. <laughs> and so I can't leave. Um, and so I'm like, all right, I guess I'll just go on with my date. And then um, wait for the Sims death sequence to end. Because essentially what happens is the Sim falls over. Like they, they wave and they die. And then death comes down. Death has this tablet. Death like marks off the tablet. Uh, swipes his scythe. And then the Sim ascends to the other world. Um, the divine mystery is met. Uh, and then death kind of like hangs out for a little bit. Sometimes he'll socialize with the other people on the lot. And then he leaves in a puff of smoke, puff of black smoke. Uh, Death did not leave because right in the middle of um, marking off his tablet, a sim across the bar dies. (laughs) I know. And then not even seconds later, another sim (laughs) running. Because, okay, the other thing that happens when a sim dies on a lot is that everyone in the vicinity of the dying sim runs into the room and watches them die and then they cry for like two hours you know like you do <laughs> like you do it's just a typical <laughs> human morning it's how it lasts um so it happened three times uh and three different sims i did not commemorate their names i should have um but <laughs> After that happened, I turned off auto aging for the rest of my non-playable sims. So, but he's getting married to that girl that he took the date on there, right? Yes, it's, now they're married. Okay, because uh, I've played a lot since this happened. Well, you know what they say: trauma binds you together. <laughs> and when you know multiple people die in a bar on your first date, and death is just hanging around uh, chugging beer, that's pretty much trauma, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, death did not take this moment seriously for you or your family. <laughs> My goodness. Um, so right now, the state of the house is Elijah and his wife, who's expecting her name's Liberty. They're living next door, and then who's still in the house? We've got. Chloe and Miko's daughter Fiona, who just lost her husband Salim, uh, he died on their son's birthday. <laughs> Actually, it was worse than that. <laughs> he died talking. Uh, you gotta cue the breathing. 
He died on the shared birthday of his wife and son in the middle of the party. What the? Oh my god. <laughs> Happy birthday. Right? It was so sad. So, uh, Salim <laughs> Benali, uh, he passed away. And then, uh, so his son Hassan lives in the house with Fiona, an elderly Fiona. The three, or excuse me, the two other aliens, Siobhan and Callan. Siobhan has a daughter named Feruza, and Callan has also been abducted and got impregnated. <coughs> so he has a son named Ezra. So I have two toddlers in the house. Oh my goodness. So there is a lot of alien babies happening here. Yes. Yes. Do they? You mentioned that they have powers. What can they do? They can like, okay. So there are these, you know, different emotions your son feels as they do different stuff around the house, and out of the house, um, and they can like steal, like empathize heavily with that emotion. Like stealing's a bad word. It's more like they just emphasize heavily with it mm-hmm. by like using a certain level of brain power. Then they can use another level of brain power to, um make you forget that you found out they were an alien. (laughs) Can you do that to your own family? Yep. Oh my gosh. Long as they're human and you're an alien. Yeah. And, um, what's, oh, what's the other one? There's a third power, but like they can disguise themselves into looking like regular Sims or they can just keep their alien looks. Um, Elijah, Oh, who was the firstborn of the aliens? Oh, Siobhan was the firstborn. So Siobhan has purple skin. Elijah has blue skin. And Callan has very pale, pale, like, lilac-y white skin. And Siobhan, excuse me, Siobhan had a baby with this random sim whose name I can't remember. And um, their daughter, Feruza, is a human, but she has purple skin. Why? Oh, just because of the alien mom? Because her mom has purple skin. So can she do any powers and, like, hide it? No, I think she's just a human. She just has purple skin. It's really weird. But then, like, Callan's baby is an alien baby. Hmm. Oh, and he's pregnant again, too, with his second baby. So, like, father, like, son. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, I want you to download some of the other upgrade packs, like some of the other monsters, and just to see what happens. I'm so amused by these aliens. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they're they're a good time. I'm super like I I, I really genuinely love <laughs> how this playthrough is going. Oh, that's so awesome. That's like the best kind of experience when you're gaming. So I'm really happy that you're enjoying it, and I'm enjoying it vicariously when you tell me about it. Oh, I love that I I can indulge myself by talking about this because I feel like no no one should care about this. No, I care deeply. Like, this first date (laughs) is super funny to me. Oh, boy. Oh, I I was cracking up. I was like, when it happened a second time, like, I was just in tears. And then when it happened a third time, oh, (laughs) I was like, what is, am I glitching out? Like, what? Oh, man. Well, on the video game front for me, I'm quite boring and I am playing Kirby in the Forgotten Land like everyone else is doing (laughs) right now. Um, 
I beat the main story and the supplemental story, so I'm just trying to see if maybe I can get to 100%. And uh, it's a really good game. Uh, very cute, of course, like Kirby it is. Looks precious. Yes. Oh, I, I've been watching my roommate play it, and it, uh, they beat it recently. And yeah, what a cute game. Oh my god. I'm going to play it soon myself. Yeah. Uh, it is part of a genre that I realized I like, which is a post-apocalyptic cute where you're in this, like, post-apocalyptic landscape, but it's really cute. Splatoon is also very much like this. And I need to see more uh, environments like this, because I was very pleased by this aesthetic. That is a good video game aesthetic. I, Me, I'm partial to a food-themed level, mm. where, like, the, plat- the platforms are ice cream sandwiches, <laughs> and the floor is jelly beans! <laughs> I also That's like a food-themed level. Yeah. Oh, I love it to pieces. And then the underwater level, because the music is usually the best in the game. I struggle with underwater levels, so I usually don't like those at all. Because I always feel like I'm struggling just swimming around. (laughs) I get you. Yeah, no, some of the swimming mechanics are overly complicated Mm. in these video games. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think the levels I kind of gravitate towards uh, are like city kind of futuristic levels. I love stuff like that. It's a good one. Yeah. But yeah, I think that is all we have, unless Destiny has something more to add. I really don't. I Let's see, we talked about Scream. I talked about Taylor Hawkins. I wanted to talk about The Sims. I think we're good. Yeah. Um. Well, that is it for this episode, episode 33 of the Bowbun Girls. Thank you so much for listening. You can find our show on abnormalmapping.com slash badlandgirls. Thank you, Abnormal Mapping, for hosting us. And you can find uh, classic episodes of Badland Girls at badlandgirls.com. You can email us at badlandgirls at gmail.com or find us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts like Spotify and Stitcher and Apple Podcasts, all the good ones. And Destiny is on another podcast called Repertory Screenings, which is also an abnormal mapping podcast. And Destiny, what are you watching? We just watched The Lady from Shanghai, which is one of the best Orson Welles movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we are about to watch Todd Haynes' Safe. Oh, interesting. You guys always choose such interesting movies. (laughs) We we take turns, uh, and this was my pick, um... And then Lady from Shanghai was Jackson's pick. Okay. And I believe Excalibur before that was M's pick. Nice. Well, so we do go in order. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I'll check that out. Uh, but until next time. Always, always pizza, pizza rolls. rolls.